0: Welcome y bienvenidos to About Consent, the podcast that sparks conversations about creating consent culture, boundary repair, sexual empowerment, orgasm equality, and raising a new sexually conscious and consent-empowered generation. This is a safe, shame-free, judgment-free zone where both survivors and those who support survivors are welcome. I'm your host, Rosalia Rivera. I'm so excited for today's episode with Kim Guerra. And if you don't know who this fire starter is, you're about to find out. You're in for a real treat. So Kim Guerra is a queer woman of color. She describes herself as a butterfly woman who has given herself wings. She is a writer, advocate, and entrepreneur. She is also the creator of Badass Bonita, a brand and movement that she considers to be a work of self-love and her love for her community. She wants each person to wear Badass Bonita products as a statement and shield, a living revolution. Guerra is the author of Mariposa and Mija, collections of bilingual poems, affirmations, and revolutionary love letters. Badass Bonita is for all humans who are giving themselves and their community wings through revolutionary love. Guerra is a TEDx speaker and received the Agents of Change Award from Univision's Premios Juventud and has been recognized for her work in various publications, including Oprah Magazine, Today, People, Huffington Post, Buzzfeed, Univision, Televisa, Remezcla, R29 Somos, and Fierce by Me Too. Kim Guerra continues to use her voice and platform to advocate for the immigrant, LGBTQ+, BIPOC survivors, mujeres and oppressed communities. So I know that you're going to feel ignited after you hear Kim and inspired to learn more about her and her work. And I highly recommend that you check her out. All of the links, of course, will be in the show notes. And so without further ado, here is my interview with Kim Guerra, brown, badass, bonita. All right, friends, I am super thrilled to have Kim Guerra here today with me today to talk about being a brown badass bonita and I like I'm just super excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us.
1: I'm happy to I was telling her but I'm so (laughs) grateful that we made this happen and we're here. Yes, yes. Uh, I think we're both
0: like the type that never give up on something that we want to happen, make happen. So we finally made it happen. Exactly. That's not an option. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Well, so I mean, there's so much I want to chat with you about. But let's start with talking about, you know, how Brown Badass Bonita came to be. Because um, I think your story is like, it's just so powerful to me personally, as someone who feels that we need to always take a stand to live the life that we truly deserve to live. And, you know, we tend to have a lot of fear around how to do that sometimes because maybe that's not how we were raised, how we, you know, we were told to be calladitas, right? And so you are pushing and breaking boundaries around this. And so I would love to know how did this start? Like, you know, you, your community has grown your message is
1: being like embraced. And uh, how did that all get started? It got started like from the opposite of all this. It's like people are out here like, oh, you're living your life, your community, your voice. And it got started from a place of like, I needed community. I needed to find my voice. I needed to, a change in my life. Porque at that time when like Brown Barazonita was born, I was like living in Seattle. I was unhealthily, unhappily married to a, a white man, like a very white man, and I was living in a place that was like so white that I felt like I, you know, one, I miss my community. I, if I heard someone speak Spanish, I would follow them around just so like, <laughs> like I'm like, I know I look crazy, but I'm like just gonna follow you around because you you're speaking my language and. Um, sometimes I was bold enough to be like, yo también hablo español, like, háblenme. (laughs) And I'd be like, who is this crazy girl? Um, but I was in that place of, and also as a woman, as someone that was like learning to step into my identity, I felt like I needed to love myself, fight for myself. Or I was like, I felt like I was losing, like that part of me was dying. Mm. Um, So I was like in this bathtub, and I always say this, like, it got started in a bathtub where I was just, like, thinking about all these things and, like, thinking about, like, what are the parts of me that I want to love and protect and fight for and celebrate? And the word Brown Badass Bonita came. And I was like, hell yeah, you know, like, when I walk these streets, like, I want to be able to, like, celebrate myself, my identity, my culture, and make a statement. Um, and, like, I needed it kind of like a shield. So I, like, made this design. I'm like, ooh, cute on a shirt I put it on a shirt one for myself because I needed it and I put it on Instagram and then like people from all over the world I'm telling you like we have people like in South and Latin America but I mean we had people in India we had people like saying hey I'm a brown badass need too. where can I get mm-hmm. that like how like why has no one told me this before <laughs> and I'm like I just found that out too <laughs> like, and it became from a place of need and me feeling like I needed to find this community like this community came to me through this shirt and through this statement. And then shortly after like Trump got elected, I was like, I can't stay quiet. I need to do something with what I have. And what I had at that moment, I'm like, I have t-shirts. I can make a shirt that, you know, shows where I stand, like and shows that not only solidarity not only a shield but also like if somebody down the street reads this shirt and reads that i stand with them like especially in the climate that was so scary and so tense um i'm like at least that's like something i can do and yeah so i created a shirt that says like, i stand with black brown um muslim lgbtq undocumented indigenous humans and um those were like the people groups that were like mostly being attacked and targeted by Trump at that time. And it was, yeah, it was, it was a powerful like for me to see like, Oh my goodness, like this shirt took off and people are wearing it proudly and wearing it also courageously. They were wearing it to protest. They were wearing it and marches. They were wearing it, you know, in small towns where people, didn't have that support and didn't have that community. So for me, that was like one of the first times I got to see like the impact that making a statement and taking a stand and being active in advocate, advocating for our community um, and other communities like that, it's really powerful. And that's something that we need to be doing and not staying quiet.
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing how something that we do for ourselves to in in one aspect or another heals us, right? can really resonate with someone else and take off, which is really what happened, right? It's basically you you decided I need these things for myself to walk down the street with my head held high. And that is what other people needed too, right? And, And to be able to put that message out there. And like, I mean, especially during a time when these identities were being attacked and for you to stand up and say like, I'm proud of, these things right and and we need to all embrace that and challenge that that message that we're getting of hatred and bigotry and you know separation and division right so i think that's super powerful that just some, something so simple that we would never realize could have such an impact actually does and i completely relate because there's so many things that i have said and i just thought to me it was like normal to think that way and I didn't realize how many people like were not feeling connected to themselves right because they've heard all of these other messages their whole lives and then somebody says something so simple that's empowering that you know everybody's like all right this is this is what I've been searching for this is the kind of thing that I've had in my head that I was afraid to speak Mm -hmm. and someone else spoke it and you know I can like join forces right and I think you know, just to circle back to what you said at the beginning, community, right? The, the power of joining together and collective voices has so much power. So I love that. I love that story. But I mean, you also, even just within your family, right? Because I know for myself, I had a somewhat of a similar experience where I was with someone, um, a white man, a, a while back Um My, my spouse, my partner is also a white man, but he's a very different, (laughs) different kind of guy. Um, But, but back in the day when um, I was dating someone and we were living together, we were together for about five years, we're about to get married. And, you know, I realized like, this is not the right person for me. And I had to follow my heart and against all judgment from my family saying like, you know, you should marry him. That's the person, you know, just because I had been living with them. Right. And so in everybody's eyes, it was like, well, that, you know, the next step is marriage. Like, mm-hmm. that's what you need to do. And I just I had to listen to my inner compass, you know, and I think, you know, you have a similar story, basically, where it was like, this is not what's working for me. And to challenge that and to go against your family. I mean, I think in the Latino community, as you know, like Latinx community, it's it's hard to go against like what feels like this massive cultural push to do the thing that you're, you know, supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So how did you have that courage within your own family? Like, what, what do you think was that, you know, because I think a lot of people want to have that, you know, feel brave enough to challenge that. What was it inside of you that you think helped you to like, just stand tall and say, like, I'm living my own life? Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, oh Lord. I, it, it it was not it was not like an overnight thing that I was like, yeah, it was like a process. It was, yeah, and it really is like about courage because I'm like, I was still scared to, to do it. like I was still so scared as I was I think what helped me, like what got me to open my eyes is like when I started going to therapy, hmm. I started to. I started to heal from all those internalized wounds, from generational trauma. I started my healing journey and I, start, I, was like, I felt like as I was healing, I was like growing in my power and my awareness and my self-love. Hmm. And then I asked myself, like, I remember so clearly, I was like, if I love myself, if I treated myself as if I love myself, what is it that I need to do? What is it that I need in my life? Well, what steps decisions do I need to make in order to be in alignment with love for myself to treat my life my needs my boundaries as if they are important and worth fighting for yeah. and because like so many times like when I would talk to like the women in my family about like hey I'm you know this is not healthy this is you know I need help I'm struggling you know xyz they'd be like hi you know well you're married now so you know, you just gotta, like, que aguantar. Aguantar, yeah, exactly. I've heard and that. And then, like, the amount of times I heard aguantate, I, w- I, I was like, I don't want to live a whole life of aguantándome. Like, mm-hmm. that is not the life that I need. That is not the life that I deserve or that I've, you know, I have not fought and healed so much to live a life of aguantate. I'm like, I've been yeah. doing that my whole life. So I had to, like, baby step by baby step, it felt like, I started to speak up for myself. I started to set boundaries. I started to realize like no one else is going to live my life but me. Like las tías, las mamis, abuelas criticonas, they're going to stay criticonas Mm -hmm. and they're not going to walk in my shoes. They're not going to be the ones that wake up in this body, in this life. (laughs) It's going to be me. So like when I realized that, that I'm like, I'm going to be the one that's living this life. I was like, "Mm," like, what life do I want? And what life do I want to like cultivate. And I was the first in my family to like initiate a divorce. Honestly, like after I like heard some of the the feedback from my family, like dad, mom, everybody, church people, everybody, I was like, "Mm, not doing it for them or with them. So I did it on my own. I was like, this is going to be my birthday gift to myself. So I'm clapping for you right now. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I just showed up, and I was like, "The papers are signed. I'm getting divorced. Nothing you can do about it. Either you support me, or you, or you don't. But that's your decision, and I'm living my life." And yeah. they're just like, mm? <laughs> "Like what? Who gave you permission on my ID? Yeah, because it's my life. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. A women. <laughs> yes. A <laughs> women.
0: <laughs> I love that. I think that's so powerful because we tend to only operate in the collective mentality. And I think there's space for both. I think, Mm. you know, we can be individuals and be part of a collective. You know, we don't have to just choose one or the other. And I feel like sometimes our culture tells us like, if you choose you, then like go do it by yourself instead Mm. of saying like, we support you and you're still part of this community. And I think that that's really what I love about your message is like, we can stand fiercely in our power and our truth and still have community. Like you don't have to be alone in this, you know. And together, using our voices, we can we can all live better, more power, empowered, like happier, healthier lives. you know and and that is, uh, I think, a message that is slowly finally being thought about, considered, and, you know, hopefully, embraced right and i think it is i think the new generation is really looking at this more critically and and i think the challenge is is the older generation that has always held on to these older like antiquated beliefs right and and so my, my and i'm curious if you've had this experience because for me you know i'm from el salvador and very very traditional like catholic upbringing and it always seemed like The idea of you doing your own thing, and not, you know, doing what your elders have, you know, said is the right thing to do, has always felt like really scary for most people, I think just, you know, in general, like Latinx community, but when you stand, you know against that, like it can feel really scary. And I know that you, um, there was an article in the Loose Collective, right, that you were interviewed for, and you said, "We can't be afraid to speak up." And I mean, I, I can't agree more. Like, I couldn't agree more. Like, I, I think that especially with the topics that I talk about, with sexual abuse, and, um, you know, that your message of like, calladitas no more," like, really resonated with me. Um, because people are afraid of speaking out and and being like rejected by the communities but you're talking about let's let's bring together this you know the people who do believe in this message and to show like how healthy it is i mean like you're thriving right the the decisions that you have made to date are allowing you to live your best life and to like live in joy and live in connection right with others and there are so many people that want to do that. So what what would be your advice for those people who like are afraid to go against the norm, but want to speak up? Like, I mean, you talked about therapy as one of the things that helped you heal. Is that what you would recommend? And is there anything else that you could give to someone as advice who wants to, you know, be able to break free?
1: Ooh, yes. Um, And I also want to say thank you for doing the work that you do and like holding space to talk about consent and abuse and speaking up because I feel like that is the root, the root and the power that comes from abuse and like oppression is like staying quiet. It's like the more you stay quiet, the less you, I feel like the less you shed light on it, like the more power it has. So for me, like since I was, I would say since Like before I was nine, but like clearly like abuse in my life started when I was nine. And especially kids, it's like, especially girls, ninjas, like you automatically kind of like, you know, I have to be quiet. I can't talk about this. This is bad. And then like, then you start, like I grew up fearing my voice. Like I felt like if I spoke up, bad things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. If I speak up, I'm being a bad girl, like a bad woman I'm not you know our culture can be kind of like that collectivistic but the negative part of it is like you are you kind of have to sacrifice yourself for the greater good or Mm. that's like the picture that they paint because it's not the greater good right it's not (laughs) it's not because I remember like when I first started speaking up um, I was treated with resistance I was treated like as I've was a bad person, like I was ruining the family, I was breaking the silence and that was a bad thing. Um, So I don't wanna like paint this picture of like, yeah, like, you know, when you speak up, it's gonna be amazing, it's like, it's gonna be hard. And because like our culture, society, families are, have been systemically formulated and upheld by a lot of like patriarchal and oppressive systems.
0: Mm-hmm. And so when
1: we speak up, we are not only speaking up against, like, the abuser, but we're speaking at, up and, like, going up against these, like, greater systems. Yeah. Um, so for me, like, when I spoke up and I faced this resistance, like, I had to be so, like, I had to surround myself with people who kind of, like, reminded me and went against the gaslighting I was getting. Mm. So... I had people that were fighting for me and alongside me that weren't a part of my family, whether it was like my friends, whether it was like community members, mentors, therapists, um, to kind of like speak life and light onto me um, and remind me like who I am, remind me that I'm not a horrible person. And it, it it's a constant practice, I would say, because it requires a lot of courage and it requires like you to be intentional with how you love yourself, be intentional with who you allow in your inner circle to speak into your life. Um, And like, I do recommend therapy because like that will provide you too with like a professional, like professional help and resources and tools to navigate not only your trauma, but also triggers and also what happens as you are processing your trauma, as you are stepping into your healing, as you are finding your voice and using it you you have somebody there to support you and help you with what comes up because I feel like sometimes like we as we speak up or as we heal and navigate different things like different triggers may come up or different uh, resistance or you know a different form of abuse may present itself when families trying to gaslight you and manipulate you into staying quiet.
0: This episode is brought to you by Consentware an apparel brand with the goal of creating consent culture for kids, teens, and adults. Moms can wear a canvas tote or a t-shirt that says, in our home, we teach and practice consent. Or kids can go to school with a shirt that says, hashtag, my body, my rules, I'm a consent empowered kid. Or preschoolers can wear a t-shirt that says, no hugs, kisses, or tickles without consent to the next family gathering. These are clothes that make a statement to help them set boundaries and create a culture of consent wherever they go. Learn more at consentware.com to check out all the most popular designs today. Link is in the show notes. Now let's get back to the show. Well, I, so I, I'm going to break down a couple of things because um, there's you, you brought up a point too that you had said earlier I wanted to circle back, which is that you had looked at what what would it look like if I loved myself and what would that, like, what would that look like in terms of action, right? If, Mm -hmm. if you were to love somebody else, a lot of times we, we don't think about like, um, if I were to love somebody else, what would I want to provide that person in terms of nurturance or, like support or whatever and we don't turn that mirror onto ourselves right like we Mm -hmm. and I love that you phrased it that way because when we we see ourselves as the person that deserves love like what would that person need to thrive right and like you made that very conscious choice of looking at it that way Mm -hmm. and seeing like wait a minute if I you know if I want to live a good happy life these are the things that I would need in order to do that and then pursuing it, right? So I love that as, as a message onto itself. Mm-hmm. But then also, uh, I think it's so spot on what you're saying about having a support system, like before you're going to make this, what can seem like a very scary move. And like you said, it's not going to be easy. So I I think it's important to put that out there. But it's so worth it, right? It, because At the end of the day you're going to be able to go to sleep on your pillow resting knowing that you're doing what you need to do for your life right and i think those have like amazing ripple effects i mean look at all the people that you like the lives that you touch who are galvanized by your message wanting to live their best lives right so it's not a negative thing obviously Um, But having support, right? Like you talk about, you know, having, whether that's friends or community or therapists or any kind of healer that you feel is supporting you, um, you know, because therapy, and I I always say this therapy is fantastic. I have a therapist and I always advocate Mm -hmm. for that, but I think there's other types of healing modalities too, that definitely can support, you know, whatever journey you're on. So I love that. You know, that's that's a continuous part of you being able to stand in your power. And then that's how we grow community is by, you know, being a part of one and and calling one into your, you know, to your circle and being actively a part of that for others, too. Right. So I think that's a that's a really great tip. Um, I wanted to say like, you know, so your message, usa tu voz, right? Like that speaks to every part of my heart and soul um, because silence, you know, like you said, is really what gives power to oppression, right? If we cannot shine a light on these things that are, are bad, then no one can see them and no one can do something about it, right? So the more that we use our voice, the more that we can take action to stop whatever it is that you know is is oppressing us um and so you know as it relates to sexual abuse like survivors are pressured into silence even as adults and you know la cultura you know doesn't want you to like embarrass the family by speaking up or doesn't want people to think that you know um if their child you know was was abused somehow they asked for it like i think that that there's a lot of that sort of mentality around it too Um, So as parents, what words of advice can you share, um, you know, for how they can raise the next generation to use their voice to to like, let's move away from this calladitas mas bonita. Like I remember hearing that growing up, not, not not directly from my mom, but just like in general, you know, if I went to church and like, I was playing with my friends and like we were too loud, calladitas, you know, calladitas Mm -hmm. mas bonita and like just even something like that. And it translates, it has so many subliminal undertones and messages that we get. So as parents raising kids these days, like what would you tell them as, what could be an alternative message maybe that they can they can tell their kids, girls or boys? Cause I think, I mean, like the whole misogynist, machismo, patriarchal, like messaging that boys receive, I think is equally damaging.
1: Oh my goodness. Um,
0: you know so what can you speak on about that that you know you can recommend
1: this is amazing because i yeah like one of my intentions or the beginning of the year i made a to be list and i'm like i want to be a reason why girls are not told que más bonitas. and because that is a lie I remember realizing I was like in my moment of like when I started feeling I looked in the mirror and I was just like, I was looking at myself. I'm like, damn, like you've grown and you've healed in certain areas. And I'm like, you know, you're powerful. You're so, you know, you look beautiful when you're powerful. And then I was like, I was told my whole life but that like that is a damn lie and it's like it's li- a lie that we've passed on from generation to generation to generation and sometimes and like almost always it's most directly passed on from like a woman to another woman from a mother to a daughter daughter to you know and I was like we can no longer keep saying this because then you internalize that like your beauty and your worth is attached to your silence Or you're only valuable because of your beauty. And your beauty is only because of your silence. Mm -hmm. And I want the next generation, I want parents, I want mujeres and fathers to teach the next generation. Like you look most beautiful when you're speaking up for yourself, when you're setting boundaries, when you are powerful, when you realize how strong you are. You look most beautiful when you love yourself. And let's talk about what that looks like, what self-love is. Let's talk about how you love yourself when you know your value and you know your worth and that you can teach others how to treat you, but you need to learn how to treat yourself. And even like, but like I wrote the book Mika, and that was like a letter that I wrote because I'm like, what did I need to hear growing up? What are the messages that I wish I received as a child? what you know what messages do I want to pass down to my daughter and that's that's a, a good starting point for like how you want to raise your kids it's like how do you wish you were raised like mm-hmm. what did your inner child need how you know and even like thinking how you're like how we were talking about like if I loved myself or treated myself as somebody I love what would my life look like treat your children as somebody that you love you know or think of your inner child, like how can you love your inner child? And what do they, what did they need? And what did, what didn't you get growing up? And what is something that you wish to pass on? Because so many of our parents like say like, oh, you know, I want you to have what I didn't have. And a lot of times that's like material things. Mm -hmm. Like, let's talk about the non-material things that- Yes. We need, like love, boundaries, respect, (laughs) women being treated, like, equally respectfully, like they matter, like that they're not just there to serve the tortillas to the men. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I hope that we raise girls and mujeres that know their power, that know their worth, that aren't afraid to use their voice, that know that they're just as important and that their life and their needs, their bodies are just as important um, because we need to have those conversations. Does it, you know, like, does it chiquitas?
0: Yeah. Absolutely, I love that. I love that, and and you know, you reminded me of something that my son uh, a couple of years back said one time. We we're having dinner, and you know, he said he's across the table. I think he was like three or four at the time, and he's like, uh, "Mommy, I love you," you know, and I said, "I love you too." And I have three kids, right? So of course, I have to like they're all there, sitting there. So I'm like, and I love Max, and I love Hunter, and <laughs> you know, and I said, and I love Daddy, and and he says. Mommy, do you love yourself? And I was like, Oh my! You know the wisdom of children, right? And I said, Yes, I love myself too. And he's like, All right. He's like, Good. And he's like, <laughs> Yeah. He's like, I love myself too. And I was like, Yes, Mijo. Like, you know, that's awesome. And it was such a powerful reminder that we don't ever include ourselves when we tell people that we love them. And you know, when I had that that moment of like realization that children like instinctively love themselves. And we, we remove that, you know, many times because of how we raise them without realizing it. And Mm -hmm. so being so much more intentional with our messages and our words and what we're, how we're raising them. And like you said, like nurturing our own inner child too. When I said those words of like, I love myself too. I was like, when was the last time I thought that or said Mm -hmm. that? Right. And, and what an example to my children when I can say that as part of the message of like, I love everybody in this family, including myself. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, you know, so just you just reminded
1: me of that with what you were saying. That's like a revolutionary moment at your table right there. Yeah. Like so many of us saw our moms like actively like sacrificing themselves. And like that was like their way of showing love for us. Where you know, like, what about you, mom? Like, no, 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 like, not me. Don't worry, you know. And how you guys? That like, that was like, that happiness or self love and respect was not even a concept that yeah. they had access to. So for your son to be like, do you love yourself? Because you need to, yeah, <laughs> like, kind of like checking you on your self love, like yeah. just checking in on you, like that's amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I, I, I always make sure that he continues to nurture that too. Like he will, he will say that too. He's like, I love myself too. And it's just amazing because I didn't grow up with that. You know, like that is just nothing that I ever heard before and for it to come from like a four-year-old. So I just, I love what you're saying. And I totally agree that like just having that intentionality and looking at how can we even respect our children in different ways that, you know, there's this whole idea which I think is tied to you know, colonization and like all kinds of other things um, about childism, you know, and like we look at kids as less than, mm-hmm. but then those kids grow up raised raised in this idea of less than, yeah. because it doesn't really ever transition into like, okay, now you're an adult, so you're worthy, right? And we just have all of this messaging. So I think that's really important for us to like all check that as mm-hmm. we parent, and even with kids that are not our own you know like sobrinos and like whoever it is in your life that is a child they deserve that honor and respect just you know as much as any other person so I I think that that's awesome
1: I think it's so important like adultism it's like a form of oppression like Mm -hmm. kind of like racism and all of that all the isms like adultism is actually one of a form of oppression because you teach a child you use your power over a child without giving them the honor and respect and dignity that they deserve and then that becomes internalized oppression that they get from day one of like oh I'm not worthy I'm you know for I'm not allowed to speak or my word ver- my voice isn't worth listening to so that's an important point that you brought up so thank yeah. you
0: yeah so. yeah well and and just to one more, one thing I want to also say about Usa is like when we are raising kids that are strong in their understanding that their voice matters and that they have a right to use that voice, I think we will find that in the workplace, in relationships, when they grow up, like, they will not tolerate, you know, the, the silencing and to, you know, accept abuse and to mm-hmm. hide what happened out of shame or some kind of feeling that they are to blame, you know, I think that that's where like the gaslighting and the victim blaming, all of that comes from this like, fear of if I use my voice, I'm going to be attacked versus like being raised in an environment where use your voice means that I'm I have backup, my parents have backed me up, my family is backing me up. Mm. And it's I'm worthy of that protection, you Mm. know, and so like, I think that there's just so many aspects of that message you know that I like I just love first of all I love the fact that your platform has grown so much I've been watching you for a while now and I just love seeing how it's exploding and people are resonating and they want to you know be part of this movement that you've created so so tell me what is coming up for Kim like what is on the horizon for you this year what what can we expect from you how can we support
1: you where can we find you Gracias, um, you can find me, you can find me on these streets, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you can find, I have my website, brambarazonita.com, Instagram, Um, I might like starting to get into Twitter, a little bit into TikTok, but don't go there yet, it's a sim- bit, sim- <laughs> <laughs> TikTok is, if you want to laugh at me, go to my TikTok. Um. <laughs> And what's I'm on the up- same boat with you, by yeah. the way.
0: <laughs> I'm like slowly, like putting my toe in the water. like. Okay, it's embarrassing. Uh- <laughs> it's all good. Your content is bomb regardless of where it's at. So let's just put that on the table first.
1: Um, And what's coming up next? I, I'm writing. Uh, and I say that always like kind of like, because uh, I'm still... I still get, like, vul- I feel vulnerable when I say I'm writing um, because I'm like, oh, it's coming. and But it's also, like, a lot of vulnerability and courage that goes into writing. Um, so I'm writing, and <laughs> I just signed a partnership with We All Grow Latina and HBO, and we're doing, um, yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations. Gracias. So we're doing, like, um they're called tertulias and it's a gathering. We're gonna have five gatherings this year where I'll be hosting, facilitating conversations with other creatives and um, a tertulia back in the day was kind of like a bohemian gathering where people came to like share ideas, you know, cultivate culture. So that's kind of what we are going to do this year. So like invite to have like five kind of exclusive gatherings inviting people from the community to share and engage and um, have conversations that, are going to empower, but also I would say invite the community to to expand thinking. Um, so I'm really excited about that, and um, I have some partnerships that I'm cultivating, and a lot of my focus is going to be like this year, especially on the Usatubos campaign, and um, I also have like the queer and God loves gay um, campaigns that are really strong and dear to my heart and my community. So um, I'm gonna be putting a lot of my resources and energy in that area to bring more love, light to LGBTQ um, advocacy and support.
0: That's amazing. I And I support that 100% yes, as well. Um, unfortunately, you know, that is one of the groups that is really affected by sexual abuse, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think, that, like to me, there's a, a particular place in my heart for um, yeah. reaching, you know, this message of um, breaking the silence, you know, with uh, the LGBTQ community because there, there's like layers upon layers upon layers of trauma and shame um, that are deeper because of what uh, what they're already like experiencing. Um, A lot of people don't know that I'm also queer because I'm married and have kids, Mm -hmm. but, but it's like, you know, it took a while for me to like, be able to be open about that. And not that that has anything to do, particularly with abuse, but I think it's important that um, I speak on that now more than ever, because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have this misconception of, you know, what a, uh, you know, if you're married at, you know, to Um, a man then like you are obviously this and it's like no we are so much bigger (laughs) than that you know like we we are so much more uh, complex as human beings multifaceted and so I mean that's one aspect of it but the other two is just like how important it is to um, help open these dialogues up for youth that is LGBTQ so that they don't become Uh, targets to predators, which is one of the demographics that they are like looking at all the time. So um, please let me know how I can help with that movement in any way, shape or form. Thank you.
1: Yeah, that's so important. Thank you so much. And so, congratulations
0: on all the work that you're doing. Um, You know, the partnership with We All Grow. Anna is like one of my heroes, so I love that you're working with them. I love Anna. Yeah,
1: she is like such. I'm like, oh, she's like such a godsend to not not only to my life but to the community and like the work that she's doing. I'm like, damn, yeah, get it. She's trailblazing. Get it, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So cheers. Uh, cheers to that collaboration and partnership. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Well, I'm, I'm excited for everything that you're doing. I'm always cheerleading you on and I will continue to do so. Um, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. And I will definitely put all of the links, um, for people to connect with you and buy your shirts. I'm waiting for mine. It's coming in the mail soon. Mm -hmm. So I'll be rocking that soon and, uh, and sharing that on Instagram. So, um, Thank you again for everything kim like i just i think that what you're doing is fantastic so keep doing it and you have millions of supporters i know i say that because they're already like in the world Um, Mm -hmm. Not everyone has found you yet. It's just a matter of like (laughs) seconds before they do, because it's going to happen. And I just I I think that whoever is partnering with you, like understands that already. They see the bright light. So thanks again for being here. And listeners, for those of you who like have found any value, uh, have takeaways that you want to share, please screenshot this, tag us on Instagram in your stories and let us know what is your call to action after listening to this? What Mm. motivated you, inspired you? What are you going to do now with that inspiration and motivation to like pay it forward? So let us know and uh, be sure to share this with everyone who will benefit from hearing these words. Kim, thank
1: you so much for being here. Gracias a ti. And also let me know how I can support you. Like I think that question always needs to be reciprocated. And like when I say it, I stand by it. So let me know for sure, too. And I I feel very grateful for what you're doing for the community and holding this space because I feel it's, it's sacred space and necessary space.
0: Mil gracias. Well, we'll see you next time, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Hasta la próxima. Bye. Don't miss the next episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And I would be so grateful if you took one minute to post a five-star rating and reviews on iTunes so that others can also find this information. I will be shouting you out and thanking you on the next episode. If you found this useful, be sure to share it with others as well. Let's continue to create consent culture, one conversation at a time. Stay empowered.